152. Page 152. We're going to get into nat bar nat. Nat bar nat means to give flavor. Literally, bar means the son of giving flavor. No saint tam, the son of giving flavor. What that means is that till now we've been talking about transfer of, of flavor from one thing to another. But the question is, how far does, tra- does flavor travel? If it goes into an item uh, which is not problematic, and then how far does that flavor still stay in that middle item and then move on to the next item? What, I'm, what I mean in, 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 in more straightforward words is that, you know, typically if you put it, go ahead and you have a fleshic pot and you d- put some dairy in it, so the flavor from the fleshic pot and the flavor from the dairy are going to hit each other, and there you certainly have a problem. The question is, if you have a, a separations between those flavors. So the example that the Gemara talks about is when you have a piece of fish that's cooked in a fleshy pot. So you have flavor from the fleshy pot going into the fish, fish is parv. And then the question is, what is the status of using that fish with dairy, right? So there you have two steps, right? There's steps between the, from the fleshy pot into the, into the fish, now the fish into the dairy. So what is, that's the discussion of not bar not. No sing tam, bar no sing tam. We're going to focus on that question, both in a ben yomo pot, both if it's used within, 20, that pot was used within 24 hours, as well as eno ben yomo. If let's say that fleshy pot that we just discussed was not used in 24 hours, obviously the flavor that we're talking about, that we're considering, you know, that they're focusing on as it transfers is going to be a diminished flavor. Does that change the status? And the short answer is yes. We'll see how. Okay? That's the... Um, eating or cooking with dairy. Eating or cooking with dairy. Yeah. Okay. So let's look on page 152. We're going to start off first with a scenario where it is something which was used, a pot which was used with 24 hours, within 24 hours, and I'm using that pot for a parv item. Again, so on page 152, source six. Dagim, fish. Shenizbashlu o shenitzlu shel basar, rechutza yafe. So you have a kedera shel basar, a meat pot, pan or whatever, a, unique, a meat utensil, which was very clean. In other words, there's no substance on this dish. It's very clean. And you cook fish or roast fish in this fleshig pot. She'ein shum shuman dvuka. Again, there's no fat. There's no, fla- there's no substance attached to the pot. The reason he's saying that is because if we have flavor, if we have substance attached to the pot, then our question is no longer a question of flavor transferring. Then you have actual meat mixed together with the fish and that's its own problem, right? So we're talking about a fully clean dish, right? A fully clean fleshy dish. It went through your good dishwasher. It's a good dishwasher. Cleaned well. You have no yucky stuff left on it. And now you went ahead and you put fish in that meat pot, right? Mutter la'achlam bekutach the shulchanarch. Again, the shulchanarch is Rabbi Yosef Karo. He is the Svardic authority. He says you are permitted to eat that fish together with kutach. Kutach is a dairy dish. Um, so meaning it's a dairy dish, you could go ahead and take a spoonful of kutach, this dairy mush that they ate, and you put it, take a spoonful of it and dip it into your fish and eat the two together. No problem, says the Ramah. Whether the fish is hot, whether the kutach is hot, you could just mix them together. Why? The idea is, according to the Shulchan Aruch, is that the flavor from the meat went into the fish, and by the time it goes from the fish into the meat, the flavor is so diminished that it's not a problem. That's not bar not. And this is the Shulchan Aruch's way of addressing Nats Barnat. Again, the Shulchan Aruch is the Sephardic approach. Okay, and he, let me just finish this sentence over here. Sorry? The pot is Ben Yomo. The pot was used, right? So far we're talking about a pot which was used within 24 hours. Again, I made a meat brisket in the morning, and then I cleaned it out really, really well, and then I go ahead and I put some gefilte fish in it, and then I want to have the gefilte fish with a dairy dip, or, right? So I'm a, according to the Shulchan Aruch, I'm allowed to do so. 
Mishum da have a no saint tam bar no saint tam de tera. Because it is what we call no saint tam, meaning the meat goes into the fish. Okay, and, and basically at that point it is still muttered. It's still, there's nothing problematic. There's nothing prohibited within that, that mixture from the meat, you know, the flavor of the meat into the fish. And then as it's leaving the fish, it's still, uh, and going into the dairy substance, it's still what we'll call mutter. It's not, there's nothing problematic with that substance. By the time it reaches the dairy, it's diminished to such a degree that it's not a problem. Again, this is the Sephardic approach. This is the approach of the Shulchan Arach. Not even all Sephardim uh, rule like this. We'll see what the Ramah, again, Ramosh Isler says about this. But this is the Sephardic approach. Let's finish the line. Vim lo If it wasn't cleaned well, im yesh b'mamesh al yoser b'dagim. If, let's say, there is... Um, if there is more, if the, 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 if it wasn't cleaned well, then you have to deal with the substance that's in the pot. So let's say you, 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 you scrape, you took out the, the fish and you're like, oh, look, I had uh, some meat in this pot, a little bit of meat that I didn't clean so well. So you measure if you can. Oh, there's, there's, you know, one, you know, tiny fraction of, uh, of, of meat over here and the fish, let's say is 60 times larger, then it's okay. If it's too small, if let's say the fish is uh, not 60 times as large as the, as the meat, then you cannot eat it with, uh, with dairy. Now we're not talking about eating meat and fish together, which is its own discussion. Here we're talking about milk and meats together. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? So is there really a transfer even of meat at all into the mm-hmm. fish? Absolutely, because when we talk about transfer, the transfer is not about transfer flavor. The, the reason that when I, I by mistake made a, meat, a dairy sauce in my meat pot, the reason that the dairy sauce is, is going to be treif typically, well, blah, 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 depends on the case, let's say it's ben yomo, it's going to be treif. Um, the reason for that is not because I'm afraid there's substance left, it's because of this idea that there is something trapped in the walls of it that is being transferred. There's some flavor that's being transferred from one to the other, not because of the dirt. Okay, so it's very important that we distinguish that even if you know it was crystal clean, super clean, whatever, you know, perfectly, perfectly clean, the, the problem is what's, so to speak, in the pot that when through heat is, is being drawn out. That, that's the issue. Okay. That's only a heat problem, not only a, a heat issue. Problem. Correct, so correct, it's not correct. So much as what's left in there is what happens when the vapors. Correct, though. The moisture kind of pulls it out. Exactly. Exactly. Isn't Lisa saying that, I mean, and that's not, we're not talking about the principle of it, but the idea that a dishwasher is almost, almost, almost like koshering something. And if you kosher it in boiling water, if you were to, then there's no taste in it. Yes, and. Um, so you can also, let's say it was truly Ben Yomo. So first of all, dishwasher is not really, it's really Eroy, which is not really fully koshering, um, which is like one level down of koshering. It depends on how the pot would transfer it. Also, um, you typically can't, exactly, you can't do that type of koshering with an eye right before Pesach. When we think of koshering, with virtually everything except for the oven, which is Libon Gamor, you always have to wait 24 hours before koshering. So the koshering wouldn't even work, assuming it was koshering, which it's not, or at least not full koshering, it still wouldn't work. Um, uh, because you didn't wait 24 hours. Scrub that pot clean has to be cleaned and wait 24 hours. Correct, correct. Both those things, right. So even with the dishwasher, if it's Ben Yomo, it wouldn't be kosher. Sorry, you're right. I didn't address the second point that she was making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see. This is the Sephardic Psaq, okay? So put it in the back, back, back of your head. Um, and again, even not all, all Sephardim even rely on this uh, of, of the Shulchan Aruch. But let's turn the page to 153, source 7. Here is where the Ramah, again, Ramosha Israelis, who is whom we typically, uh, we, by we, I mean most, many of us in this room, the Ashkenazim in this room, um, rely upon and says the Ramah, V'yesh machmirim. There are those who are stringent. Again, page 153, source 7. There are those who are stringent. Bitzliya, ubishol. Less are no saint tam bar no saint tam. That it is forbidden to, when you have this level of transference. Okay, v'aminag l'esar lechatchila. And the custom, the accepted custom is to prohibit before the fact, 
uvidiyavad mutter bechol inyan. And after the fact, it's permitted. Okay? Um, meaning, what is he saying? What he's saying is like this. If I went ahead, and I'm going to move away from fish, because fish, I think, irks us because we're thinking of meats and fish. Let's just take, let's take a case of, of, of pasta or macaroni noodles, okay? And I went ahead, I had a meat pot that was, uh, I, I had a, a pot that I made a meat sauce in this morning, okay? Whatever it was, this morning, okay? And then I scrubbed it really clean, I put it in the dishwasher, and then I went ahead and I made parv noodles in it, right? And then I go and I, want, and I do so in order to mix it with a cheese sauce. Right? Not in the pot. I take it, I want to mix it with cheese sauce. Lechatchila, says the Ramah, I cannot do so. I'm not allowed to do so. Let's say, though, bidiyavad means if it happened. So let's say someone did that, and then they went ahead and they put all the noodles, they mixed with the cheese sauce afterwards, and then they serve it to you, and like, oh, here's the thing. Where'd you make it? The meat, in the meat pot. Uh-oh. Uh, again, I made the noodles, not the cheese, but I made the noodles in the, in, the meat, in the meat pot. So I shouldn't have done so, but once I did and it's mixed, I'm allowed to eat it. That's lechatchila. I shouldn't do so, uh, you know, ahead of the time, but after the fact, it is permitted. Yes. Part of it is the intent, correct, correct. Because he's saying, strictly speaking, again, he's, cause, because, uh, uh, yes, because what he's saying over here is that, I, uh, it, it's not, yes, the intent is a part of it. What he's saying is that I shouldn't do, so. I really, I should, really, strictly speaking, it could be that's permitted. We try to stay away from it. And therefore, that's where he gets that division, right? Not, not so much, over here, it's not so much about intent. What he's saying is that, really, we try to stay away from it as a chumrah, as a stringency. We acknowledge it's a stringency. That's why it's so important when we're taught things. Uh, this is why I appreciate what we're doing over here, is that sometimes when we're taught things that do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But we have to sometimes distinguish. Don't do this because it's biblically forbidden. And, you know, and if you do it, it's a really problem. Don't do this because it's a stringency. Whoa, okay, there's a very different way we react to, to one or the other. If it's don't do it because it's biblically forbidden, okay, you can't, just can't, there's, no, there's no negotiations. If you don't do it because it's a stringency, well, it's going to have a whole different set of, uh, you know, uh, principles. So, so therefore here too, ideally we do not cook the noodles in a full-fledged meat pot. Again, the meat was, was used with meat earlier that day uh, to, to mix it with cheese afterwards. But if I did and someone went ahead and mixed it with cheese, if I went ahead and some, someone did make those noodles and mixed it with cheese, 100% it's not a problem to eat them. Okay? One more, yes. <coughs> I realized I didn't hear the first of the lectures, but we have this n- new um, DE, but there's no ME. Mm-hmm. DE is very much about this, and uh, you know you could read. I still haven't read it, but the Star K recently put out a whole explanation of uh, their their take on DE. Most of the, many of the organizations they took took off their DEs and went back, reverted back to D. Much to much of our many of our uh, disappointments. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it doesn't exist. Why it doesn't exist? I think it's just practically most things don't are not made on meat equipment. It's not, theoretically, it's the same principle. I believe that there's just much more dairy equipment that is ultimately being used, but it's the same exact principle, that M-E and D-E. Okay, but I've never seen M-E, okay? Because uh, I think most people just read it, me. Um, okay, I don't know, but okay, it, it, it doesn't, I haven't seen it. Okay, one more important line over here. Vidavka lechel and chalava basar atzmo. The whole discussion over here is about not eating it with, taking something which was cooked in a meat pot and then eating it with dairy. Avalitnan beklisha lahem, but to go ahead and put it in a utensil, that is 100% permitted. So if I go ahead and I make, this comes up all the time over Yom especially, I made a, a soup. Again, full-fledged par soup. Get away, get away from onions, okay? Because then we're going to... Just a full-fledged vegetable soup that I know is 100% parf, okay? A squash soup or whatever, okay? And I made it in a meat pot, right? And a meat pot that was used for meat 10 minutes ago. Cleaned it out, and then I made a squash soup and whatever it is. I made a soup, and then I want to serve it later in a dairy meal. I want to put it in a dairy bowl. Not to mix it with cheese, but just in a dairy bowl. A hundred percent fine. No issue 
whatsoever, right? I made a parv cake in a, in a, in a fleshig oven, okay? It wasn't, it's not, it's not fleshig, it's parv, right? And then I want to eat that, uh, you know, whatever. I made it in a dairy oven and then I want to eat it for dessert and my fleshig meal and put it on my fleshig uh, china, 100% percent fine. But if it was cooked- at the same time with an uncovered... Okay, then, then, right, then, then it might have a different substance. We're talking about a case where it's used with meat pots, right? So the oven is treated as a fleshing entity, like a fleshing pot, yeah. um, and therefore, and let's say it's a hot thing. It's still fine, right? So I could go ahead and still serve it hot, like the soup. I could serve it on a dairy, in a dairy bowl, 100% fine. Yes? So I'm, I roasted beets and aluminum foil for Shabbos. We mm-hmm. didn't end up using them. It was with fleshing. Fleshing at the same time. Huh? Fleshing at the same time. Uh, let, let's address that question. So, covered? Yeah, the, the beets were covered. The, you said. the beets were covered. Not that's fine. Meat. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You really? can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, but that's not our discussion. <laughs> I'm just okay. saying that for the sake of our, our principles. Okay. Um, okay. Let's now move on to. Okay. Eno ben Yoma. Let's turn to page 155. Okay. So so far we're talking about our cases when the pot was used within 24 hours for meat or within 24 hours for dairy, and now I want to cook something parv to use it with something else. Now we're talking about a case where the pot was not used for the past 24 hours. The basic principle we saw until now was no sein tam lifgam. Okay? No sein tam lifgam means the flavor that is given is, uh, is ruined. It's diminished. And therefore, right after 24 hours, this flavor that we're talking about that's trapped in the walls of your spoon, of your pot, or whatever it is, it gets diminished over time. Right? And therefore, um, you know, it's going to have certain leniencies. Right? So now we're going to talk about a case where I have a pot that was not used for 24 hours that I want to now use. So I, I want to cook my noodles. Same exact case, but the pot was not used for 20, within 24 hours. Let's see what the halacha is then. So if you look at source, um, let, let's look at source uh, 13 on page 155. This is the Chachmas Adam. Okay? So he says like this. Im haya kli bo eno ben yomo. If let's say the utensil that you cooked in was not used within 24 hours, Eno ben Yoma means it's not of the child of the day. It wasn't used that day. You are allowed to eat it with dairy, even according to us, meaning us Ashkenazim. But you can't go ahead and hear what Cyril was talking about where intent plays the role. When it's Eno ben Yomo, it's even more less problematic, right? But still, he says, it is forbidden. And here's the bold words. I still am not allowed, um, before the fact, to go ahead and to cook my noodles in this pot, in order to eat with cheese. But if it, but if it happens, if it happens, I am allowed to now go, if I did cook in this pot, not with the intent to eat with cheese, but let's say I cooked it within this pot, now I'm allowed to go ahead and mix with cheese. Right? You see the difference between the ben yomo and the eno ben yomo? Let's just yeah. clarify. If it's a ben, I have a fleshic pot, okay? Let's say if it, in the case of scenario number one, <clears throat> excuse me, in scenario number one, it was used within 24 hours, okay? Scenario was the fleshic pot was used within 24 hours, I cook noodles in it. I finish cooking the noodles and I say, hey, I want to add cheese. Are you allowed to? No, right? If someone did, I could eat it, but I'm not supposed to mix it with cheese, okay? So again, scenario one, fleshic pot used within 24 hours, I made noodles in it, right? And I want to go ahead, or I made a soup in it, soup, and I want to mix that soup with cheese, or I want to mix the noodle with cheese, and not in that pot, in a, in a bowl, right? Uh, the, the halach is that I'm not allowed to do so, but if someone did, it's not true. Here we're talking about a case where it's an eno ben yomo pot, exactly, it's an eno ben yomo pot, so the pot wasn't used for 24 hours, and I made the noodles, I made the soup, and now it's finished, and now I say, hey, you know, I'd li- I didn't do it before the fact, but I say after I made it, I say, you know, I'd like to go ahead and use those noodles and mix it with some cheese. I'd like to go ahead and mix that soup with cheese, be- right? 
I'm allowed to do so, right? I can't cook it for that reason. This happens, I think the example I gave, this happens in my house all the time. Let's my wife's making like a, uh, like a, some noodle and meat mix, okay? So she makes a big pot of uh, noodles, right? And then she's going to mix it with the meat sauce. But there's leftovers. There's always leftovers, right? So those noodles, they were made with intent to mix with meat, right? So if that pot was not a banyomo, the pot, again, I'm assuming I didn't mix the meat in the actual pot, right? Fleshy pot that was used for 24 hours. She makes noodles with them. Okay, takes the noodles and mixes them with meat afterwards, right? But now the leftover noodles in that pot, since it wasn't cooked for the intention of eating it with dairy, but after the fact, I'm allowed to go ahead and take the leftover noodles and mix it with dairy. Similarly, I'm allowed to take leftover soup, right? I had soup. I wasn't planning on eating it with cheese. I was planning on serving it at a fleshing meal. But now there's leftovers. And you know, I happen to like the soup mixed with a little bit of mozzarella cheese. You're allowed, okay? Because... Right? If, and here's where the intent really plays a right? So if I intended to mix it, if I, intend, I shouldn't do that. But if after the fact I have leftovers, after the fact I change my mind, then it's mutter. Again, this is when it's Eno Ben Yoma, when it wasn't used for 24 hours. Yes? Okay, so I, I think I understand the concept. I'm not understanding the principle because if it's already like a hummer on a hummer on a hummer, why are we so mockery? Like once it's okay, what are we trying to avoid by using it intentionally? You're saying what's, what's, what's the rationale for this level of stringency? Yeah, when, but already, it's like once you made it, it's fine. So like what's, what's the... Well, you're, you're, so I mean, I, I mean, you understand. Yeah, it could be. I, yeah, I mean, you're saying it's too, too much of a stringency. Well, it's a stringency on a stringency because already yep. not ben, the Benyama pots are already yep. trend. Yeah, it is a big... St- so like, right. I think, I, it's, I think it would be, it's to keep you from having two sets and not to say, look, I could always have that pot and then I'll keep track all the time oh, of the okay. Benyama and the Yoma. And then you're going to get into trouble that way, I think. I, I, I think so, right? I mean, there's a, there, I'm not sure if you're asking, like, that's the rationale. I'm not sure if you're asking, halachically, we typically have a thing like, you know, we don't add chumras on chumras. But, but, but yeah, I mean, it's confusing. We want to keep our kitchens, you know, we, again, we're so spoiled. We have, you know, larger kitchens and more utensils, so it's easier for us, but we get it. There's, there's, the reason it's so easy for us is because we have more stuff. Um, and the more we start mixing those things, it gets, it gets complicated. Yes, sir. So, and this is, this, I think this has to do with my comfort mm-hmm. or discomfort with having a power of soup, mm-hmm. pot, mm-hmm. using a ladle. <laughs> yeah. And I have plastic ladles, I have metal ladles, and ladling into a milkage bowl. Yeah. So that would be, again, assuming the pot and the ladle was not used for 24 hours, it would be 100% permitted to go ahead and ladle from your fleshic pot into your milkage bowl. Even if it was clean in 24 hours. Wow. Excuse me, you're right. Excuse me, I apologize. Excuse me, yes. If everything was clean, excuse me, even if it was used, thank you, even if it was used within 24 hours, you would 100% be allowed to go and do it. You may feel this uncomfortable, and that means your your parents did a good job, right? There's some things ingrained in us, and that's okay, right? It's good. That's fine. Uh, but we also need to know what's what's permitted. Wow. <laughs> so, so you talk about metal pots, okay? So I finished cooking a pot of our soup mixed in the flaky pot, and let 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 me do it differently. It's in a milkage pot, okay? And I put it in a plastic container because because that's a much easier way to store mm-hmm. it because it takes up less space and you heat it up and you want to serve it in a flacious bowl. I, I, I lot, what, you started in a dairy like pot? It's a dairy pot. Mm-hmm. Was um, it used within 24 hours? What? Was it used, well, it doesn't matter, but. It was not, no, it was not used. So even if it was, but even if it was used within 24 hours and you put it in a par of thing and then you want to heat it up to put it in a flacious bowl, 100% fine. Wow. So, so you put it in a, I, I put it in a plastic milking container Take out the, t- spill it out of the milk container. Yeah, 100%. Really makes me curious. <laughs> 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 
Okay, listen, God bless you all. Really, again, this is, yes. Yeah, but what about like if you make a soup and you like with onions, you fry the onions. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to say for, yeah, yeah, onions we're going to, so again. Yes. Yeah. A lot of soups have onions. Correct. So we're going to get to onions, right? But as, we, as we'll see, and we know this because it's a review, right? We know this so well. Uh, but but, uh, but uh, onions are, right? Onions throw everything off, right? If something is sharp, again, assuming that it would, you know, but, but typically if it has onions, then we're going to get into much more problematic. Or spices. Yeah, spices I'm going to be less concerned about. When By the time the spices come in, I'm less concerned about. But if you sauteed your onions on the bottom, ideally, we're going to start treating it as the, as, as the, you know, if we use that knife, we're going to treat it as fl- fleshig knife. We're going to treat it as fleshigs. Um, yeah, but even that's bidyevin, right? So I want, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, but thank you. It's a very, very important point. Um, once you mix onions, once onions are in the mix, then it's going to get much more problematic. That's where the noodles case, I like the noodles case because no one puts onions in their noodles, typically, I think. Yes. <laughs> oh, so sorry. I, right. Right. Good. Correct. Exactly. And that's, let's, let's finish the halacha. Good. Exactly. Let's finish that halacha. So in the second part of source 13, if let's say you only have one utensil, more typical in the ancient world, like all the time for us, like you're traveling. So you only have one kli. Okay. You're allowed to go ahead and he's talking about kneading, but, but um, we're talking about even going ahead and cooking in them, and that's clear from the rest of the context of this halacha, afil lechatchila, even before the fact, even lechatchila, kivan di katarti, no saint tam lefgam, because A, it has been used for 24 hours, but no saint tam bar no saint tam. Okay, so meaning, what he's saying is like this, is that I just told you that you shouldn't go ahead and use a, uh, a fleshig uh, pot to, to make some noodles that are going to, even a fleshig pot that was used for 24 hours to make noodles that are going to be mixed with cheese. But let's say you're traveling, and you don't want to bring your entire kitchen. Sometimes I feel like we do, but sometimes, you know, I'm sure you all do. Uh, but let's say you just brought one full pot because whatever. Then you're like, oh, you know what? The kids really want to have noodles. Okay. So you can make those par of noodles, again, assuming that the pot was used for 24 hours. Over here, if you're really stuck, again, since, as was pointed out, it's, we're already dealing with a higher level stringency, right? So if it wasn't used for 24 hours, I am allowed to use that pot to make noodles and then mix those noodles with cheese afterwards. Okay. Got it? So again, if it's a pot that was, that was used within 24 hours and I want to make parv with it, I cannot eat that parv. If that parv, right, I, I, I should not eat that parv um, with cheese, right? Even if I, intent doesn't matter, right? So if I made noodles in a pot that was used for fleshigs, I should not go ahead and then take those noodles and mix it with cheese, right? If I use the pot that wasn't used for 24 hours and I, I still shouldn't do so uh, with the intention, but after the fact, I'm allowed to go ahead and mix it deliberately with cheese, Okay. That's the basic halacha. Um, okay. Good? Fine. Yes? Is there a difference criteria for pasta or metal versus pasta or wine that are ceramic lines? In this context, no. There, there are differences when it comes to kashering and things like that, but in this context, the answer is no. Okay. Let's now move to davar harif, um, meaning like spicy type foods or sharp type of foods. Let's turn to page 162. Page 162. Okay. 162, 162, okay, 162, Shulchan Arach, give me one second, sorry. Shulchan Arach, yeah, so she's going to give me one second. Um, okay, fine, Let, let's, let's, let's look at it together. Okay, so t- source 26. Tavlin, spices, Shinidochu b'maducha shel basar ben yomo, which were ground, were crushed, 
with a uh, mortar. We don't do this very often, I don't think. Uh, but let's say you had a mortar that was crushing the spices, and, the, and, the, and it was a meat mortar, meaning the mortar was just used for some hot meat items, just plugging a <laughs> random scenario in your head, right? Asr la'achlam b'chalav, those spices cannot be eaten with dairy. Okay, so over here, we're being introduced to this notion, again, even though the Shulchan Aruch said earlier that um, a parv item that comes into contact with a fleshig pot could be, that parv item could be eaten together with, uh, with, uh, with dairy. Over here, the Shulchan Aruch says, no, you're not allowed to do so. What, what is the reason behind that? It's, it seems like there are two things that are mixed together, um, and that is, one is there is pressure. A, a mortar is pressure. So we don't use mortars, but our practical example would be a knife. Right? So a knife has pressure. And further, there's another issue which is at play, and that is there's a concern that it might have some substance on it as well. Okay? Things may not have gotten cleaned so well. So those are the two factors. We're going to be concerned about both of those factors, but basically a pressure and uh, the fact that it might have a little bit of dirt. Because of both those factors, or even one or the other of those factors, we, the, we see already the Shulchan Aruch is going to be much more stringent about, these, uh, about, about transfer when it comes to these things. And therefore, says the Ramah, look at source 27, even if it wasn't Ben Yomo. Uh, in other words, let's say you have, and we're not going to use a mortar, let's take a, pot, uh, a knife, and that knife is cutting something sharp, whether it's spices, or let's talk about onions, right? It cut an onion, and the knife wasn't used for 24 hours. That onion is now going to be treated like it's fleshig. okay? That's the basic idea of a davar harif, if something is sharp, and together you have what we call duchka de sakina, the, the pressure of the knife. Those two factors together, you are going to now treat that onion, and there's debate about how much the onion. We're strict, typically, and we treat, again, usually we basically say the whole onion. Let's say I started chopping with an onion. We oftentimes are strict. We'll just say, again, you could ask a shy left there if you're stuck, but generally speaking, uh, we go ahead and let's say I cut uh, an onion with a fleshing knife, treat the entire onion as fleshing. Okay? Typically, again, there, if you're stuck, we could talk, again, there, there are different opinions, but, but the, the minag is to treat the entire onion as fleshing. Okay? Um, fine. So let's now, let's now move to source 30. Sorry? Now yes? That is exactly like that because it's, it's the pressure, right? The, the, the knife is spinning and it's pushing hard. Um, and and it's, uh, if you're putting onions in there, then, then yes, that would, be, that, would be, that would be treated as fleshing. Yeah. Now then a plastic food processor. Mm-hmm. Kashring? No, I'm just thinking... The blade is... The blades are... are, are the blade is... is is metal. Right, no, no, I, but I'm just, there's no way I'd put fleshic in my food processor, so I'm just thinking. But onions, say, but you were going to put onions, meaning people. I was going to put onions, but my food processor is hard. I'm just thinking, does it, is it then the bowl forever fleshic? But I can't, I can't think of a scenario in which I would be making the bowl fleshic. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so many people. If the onions were already fleshing. Correct, because you cut them with a fleshing knife. I'm tired of cutting with a knife and say, to heck with it, I'm going to put it in the food processor. Right. Then my food processor bowl forever fleshing. So the food processor bowl is touching them when they're cold, and therefore I want to be as. Well, as, no, as you're going around. Oh, you're saying if it's. Okay. The knife would be. The, the, knife, knife, the, the thing. The blade is now becoming fleshing. The blade is coming fleshing, correct. So what about the rest of the bowl? The rest of the bowl. So that that's more Does it similar. Does it work backwards? The onions make the blade fleshig also? It's not just a one-way thing? So the blades are going to be considered fleshig and anything that's going to... Correct. Correct. In other words, so... Correct. Correct. So meaning this, where, where we play, this plays a significant, uh, significant question is um, like when a person, uh, which we're, I guess we'll, we'll just, let's speak it out now. It, it's similar. I don't know if it's identical, but let's say you have uh, the, the mat. Again, let's say you took a, this comes up a lot. Let's say you, you took a fleshig uh, knife 
and you cut your onions on a dairy cutting board. Okay, stick to par of stuff. Uh, but basically, generally speaking, we're gonna that, that dairy board may need to be kashered. Um, here it's a little different because it's not really touching the edges of the bowl. The knife is going to be spinning, but right, and then it throws. But it throws it around, so now they never touch the edges. So basically, just you took something flashy. It's, 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 it's sitting in the bowl, but the right. knife itself, the pressure of the knife, there's never any pressure oh. there. Another, no, th- no. But you've got the flaschic onions or garlic. Just throwing against it. So basically, it's like I took a piece of meat, let's just say, took a piece of meat and threw it into a bowl. Cold. What happens to the bowl? Nada. Clean it out. You're good. The bowl is fine. You're heating it up with the pressure of the knife. No, no. The knife is coming into... The blade is is, is, there's pressure between the blade and the food. The blade, I'm going to, you'll treat as fleshig, but the bowl, which the blade does not come into contact with, or else your blade would break, is no different than just you took a piece of, took a steak, a cold steak, and you put it into... But is it cold? That's yes, it's I'm cold. Saying. It's cold. It's not, yeah. The only areas like where the two come into, okay. come into the, sharp, the, the pressurized contact. Okay. But when there's no pressurized contact, then we're not, it's not going to be an issue. Yes? So it just, just to compare it to what we just talked about, it sounds like the Shohanar and the Ramah are each a little bit more mahmir. Correct. They each take it up a level. Than they were with the Exactly, Ramah. exactly. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Basically, all taking it up one step. Okay. So the Shochanara, who is more lenient about not bar not, over here at Zavar Kharif is going to be one step more stringent, and they're one step more stringent as well. So again, what that means practically, you went ahead and you took a knife that was not used in 24 hours, and you cut your onions. Those onions are fleshig, even though you didn't use it for 24 hours, right? So if it was noodles that I cooked in a pot and it wasn't benyomo, I go ahead and put those noodles with cheese, no problem. But over here at the onion, no, that onion is considered fleshig, even though it wasn't used for 24 hours. I cannot put those onions into a fleshig dish. Let's talk about what happens if you do. If you turn to page 163, swords 30. Um, okay. Um, so, says the Ramah, Avalim haya davar kharif, if it was sharp, kigon shibishlu dvarim kharifim bechli shalbasar, afilu eno benyomo. If let's say I went ahead and I, uh, you know, I, I cooked sharp items in a fleshig pot, even if it wasn't ben yomo, if those onions are now mixed together with dairy, they are forbidden, even after the fact, unless you have 60 times the, the size of the onion. Again, so what he's saying over here is that if I went ahead and took those onions, which I, let's say I, I put some onions in a, I cut some onions with a fleshig knife, okay? And therefore those onions are problematic. And then I put them, um, I put them into, a, into a dairy food. The dairy food is forbidden, unless you have a lot of the dairy food and very little bit of the onion, okay? Um, alternatively, if let's say I, you know, yeah. So that, 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 in other words, those onions are full-fledged fleshig. We're not going to be, whereas many of the cases we've just been talking about, we're lenient after the fact. We treat these onions, and you know, we treat these onions as 100% Fleshig. Similarly, if I cut with a parv knife and then I saute them in a parv, uh, in a, in a, in a, uh, I, I cut them with a parv knife and then I put them into a meat uh, pot, okay? Even if it's a eno benyomo pot, there you have the transference of heat with a sharp item. Those onions are full-fledged fleshig. I should not use those onions with a dairy food. Again, so we're very strict with, uh, with these onions. We treat them, even with eno benyomo factors, we treat them as full-fledged meat. Got it? Um, okay, there is one thing which we spoke out, and that is that after the fact, meaning this is not something you should do ideally, but let's say you have a scenario where a person saw, so this, let, let's say you have a soup, right? And this was supposed to be a, 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 a soup that you're going to eat at a, at, a, at a dairy meal or whatever it's going to be, and uh, you made it with onions, 
and you're like, oh no, I made those onions with fleshig onions, right? But let's say that soup, what you did is you, you doused those onions in like, uh, in like uh, they, were, they were swimming in oil first. You sauteed them, not with like a drop of oil, right? You put uh, you know, oil before we got all healthy, like 20, you know, whatever, the, the, you know, the nice amount of oil, right? Um, so the, in such a case, there are many poskim who say that since it was mixed with oil, uh, the oil already diminished some of the flavor, and therefore we treat it as eno ben yomo, and then after the fact, we're not necessarily going to treat those things as tray. You know, it's not going to be treated as full-fledged meats. Again, you shouldn't do so lechatchila, ideally. What was it? You had a good scenario. What was the scenario? I made, I made parf soup okay. in a fleshic pot for Sheva Brachas, and yeah. there was leftover, and my husband wanted to have it at his dairy meal and put Parmesan cheese on it. Okay. And it was a lot of oil. Okay, okay, okay. So, 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 again, so, um, yeah, te- technically we treat it right. They're, they're, okay, that's a, that's a good scenario. I'm trying to think of like a scenario which is much more, um, which even more, sir, he could have said no, right? But um, you have a scenario where we could have said like too bad, honey. Uh, what's it called? But, 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 I'm sorry, but, but, you know, you have scenarios where a person by mistake went ahead, they had these onions and, and now they, let's just say they took those onions and they mixed them into something which was dairy. Let's just say they took well, those onions. Sure if he wasn't even if he wanted to eat it. We serve it at a dairy meal. Serve so a dairy meal. So then certainly, right. So certainly that, that would be, right. So that would certainly be okay in, in such a case. Or that's a bit of a type of scenario. If it was not a lot of oil, then, then it would be much more, we'd treat it really as, as, as meat, as basari, right. Okay, so again, this will come up again. You shouldn't do this ideally. Typically, any onion cut with a fleshig knife, even if that was used for 24 hours, or onions which were cooked in a fleshig pot, even if the pot was used for 24 hours, treat those onions as fleshig. But before you throw out your food, please do me the favor uh, for your sake. Just... Call me, call Rabbi, uh, before you go ahead and throw it out. Yes. So garlic press would be the same type of thing. Garlic is a sharp food that everyone would agree is, is, is similar to onions. Yes. And if you do it the reverse, have a milk uh, food processor. Same deal. Same deal. Same deal. Goes both ways. Goes both directions. I'm just picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm picking on meats. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So and radishes are considered hot. Radishes are considered hot, right? So, so again, let, here, here's the example that comes up all the time. Sorry, let's just, I just remember I found from my notes. Right? I mean, this, this just comes up like all you basically a person cut onions with a fleshing knife. Okay, and you, let's say you put them back in the fridge, and then you're you know someone comes in like oh cut onions, fantastic, we're gonna make a, a cheese omelet, right? So they put some oil in their dairy pot and they throw those onions in, right? So, and then they have the egg with cheese and all that stuff, and you're like, oh my gosh, those onions were cut with a fleshing knife. You're eating basar bachalov, you're eating mina mina milk. The answer is no, because again, you don't do it ideally. It's a mistake to do it, but after the fact, since the person, it was your... 15-year-old son who could eat whatever he wants, right? And basically went ahead and, and put, a, put a lot of, you know, basically put the onions in oil, sauteed them in oil first, and they were, they were you know, again, not a drop, but they were sitting in oil. Um, in such a case, we treat that, uh, we treat the, the, the onions as part of in such a case. We treat them as a regular Eno Benyomo item, again, after the fact. Yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Then, no, then that's a, that's a problem, right? Because then that's not going to help because then by the time, you know, the, the oil basically diminishes it by the time the flavor, so to speak, gets out. But over here, you, 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 you put them into milk. You put them into milk already. That's not going to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. Okay, use special knives. Okay, fine. Let's turn the page. Um, let's, turn to, let's turn to page 165. 165. Okay. Okay. 
Let's turn to page 165, uh, source 33, okay? Um, so, we're, 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 yeah. So typically beats, so, so we're, we're, I, I believe we're talking about a different type of beat than we're typically talking about, uh, because we typically, something which has like a, I don't know exactly what, what they're referring to, but we don't typically treat regular beats that we're aware of as uh, a Dabar Kharif. So look at how it used to, tell, a leak, okay, that's, that'd be a different story, okay. Okay, that would be very different. Okay, they treat it, so they translate that as, as beats, okay. Thank you. Good thing you're here. We should send them an edit. Okay. Tznono silka shechatchen besakin shel baser ben yomo o sheino mekunach. Okay, and this is Shocharach speaking. It was a little more lenient, right? He basically says, um, "Oh, sorry, we already spoke this out, but let's just see it together, right?" So you cut a uh, a sharp item with a knife, which was ben yomo or wasn't cleaned. Aster la achlam bechalav. You cannot eat that sharp item mixed together with dairy. Adchidul makom achatach kedenetilas makom until you remove um, from the sharp item. And if you want to keep on eating from that sharp item mixed with dairy, you should remove a section which is natilas makom. What is actually called ovi etzba. It's like the thickness of a finger. Okay, and the Shulchan Aruch says that if you're cutting onions with a fleshing knife, right, and then you're like, oh, you know, I want to use the rest of the onion for dairy, go ahead, take a parv knife, cut off the size of a finger, okay, and then you could do so. Okay, let's just skip to the Haggah, the next paragraph. This is the Ramah. V'yesh Omrim, the Ramah says, there are those who say, Shimchatach tznon b'sakin shel iser, if you go ahead and cut a sharp item with a prohibited knife, kulo aser, right? The whole thing, the whole onion becomes forbidden, right? I spoke this out already, but now we're seeing this inside. If I cut my onion, it's a large onion, and I cut one slice with fleshig, like, whoops, I want to use this onion for my dairy thing. Still, the minhag of Ashkenazim is to treat the entire thing as forbidden. And that is the approach. Okay, and that is... Um, that, that is, uh, but yeah, but after the fact, it's only the amount that's really affected is only about a thumb's worth. Okay, so that's not so relevant before the fact, but let's say where this will come up is let's say you had an onion and you went ahead and you cut one slice for fleshig and then someone, you put it back in the fridge and then someone went ahead and took that same onion. Most of the onion wasn't cut and then they cut it up and with a dairy knife, let's say, uh, or a parv knife, and they mix it with dairy, there, it's going to be a lot less problematic because the only part, at least bids you after the fact, the only part that's really prohibited is just a small portion of it. But again, ideally, right? So again, let's just review. Ideally, that whole onion we treat as fleshig, and so you don't mix it with anything else. After the fact, there are some leniences because really, technically, it's only a small amount that's really prohibited. Okay? Yeah. So there is a, a strong minag brought down the Gemara, really, and I, I would encourage that we, we, we typically, if you, if you do want to cut an onion or something like that and basically want to leave it for the next day, if you, like, season it in any way. So people, the, the minag is, like, put a drop of salt on it or something. Uh, that is, it, it is, it, there is such a, such a, it, it's brought down the Gemara. So, yes, Kabbalistic, but also, like, those are, you know, I, I, I Does it say why? Mm, yeah, yeah, Mr. No, 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 it's, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll just, uh, default is capitalistic. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't think anyone could claim, oh, whatever, I'm sure some people claim, some says they do, but, but it is, it's brought, it's brought down the Gemara that you don't use onions from day to day. Again, there's a really? mystical, yeah, it's a mystical yeah. thing. Um, so whatever, the way but to treat it is. What do you mean? Like we say, we don't eat fish with meat, but then they bring examples in the Gemara of them eating fish with meat. And here they say, I don't. I wouldn't bring a proof to that. The Gemara, you know, as one of my teachers say, like all of halacha is 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 made for like people doing the wrong thing, right? Meaning all they said, like you know that they. <laughs> so someone did it. Like that's not proof. Like someone, like, I don't know. That's not a proof that it's a good thing. My my ox gored someone else. It's not encouraging the action. Today, and you 
So, so it, it is brought down. It is brought down. It's one of the, the, the few mystical things you'll see catch me doing. Um, so it, it's brought down. It's brought down. The, the, the rationalists will say, okay, it's part of the it's stuff we don't do. I don't know. It is brought down the Gemara. Again, they're... What if you, what if it's peel? Like, what if you just peel it? So I think I, mean, I think I the know, I think the halacha is that even if it's just peeled, that that's when you then you do it. Yeah, yeah. It's brought brought down. It's brought, same, same deal. It's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. So it's, it's brought down. You're supposed to add something to it. Just a drop of salt. Again, I, I can't explain to you why. I, I, I can't explain to you why, and uh, I don't get involved in many mystical type of uh, practices. Uh, you won't find me making a shizal khala over my dead body. But uh, but but this uh, but 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 this. Uh, yeah, it is. It is brought down the Gemara. Uh, yeah, Elena, don't we say? Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Same thing. Okay. Peel, peeled, peeled eggs, peeled oh, eggs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Peeled eggs. It's the same. It's the same Gemara that talks. The same same source that talk about uh, not leaving them overnight. Talks about peeled eggs as well. Maybe I don't know. Real? Yes. So what about um, frozen onions? Yeah. Okay, but they sell frozen onions all cut in bags. With a hexer. With a hexer. Yeah. And they have all the little garlics, the squares. You know the the roots. What is right, it? right, right. That's pure. Garlic. I hear you. Like, would you buy them? I do. <laughs> My wife does, and therefore it's permitted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. It's a fascinating question. I, 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 I fascinating points. Let me. I, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what the. Yes, when we get them, we'll grill. We have questions for them. We have questions for them. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Said sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know how they. They. I don't know. I mean, maybe they add something tiny to it. I'm not supposed to. Um, it could be. There's a pure, pure, pure. It's pure, pure garlic, pure onions. All right. So is that, you said you could add a tiny bit of salt before you leave it overnight or after you've done Before it? you leave it overnight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Can you add a little bit of garlic? Yeah, yeah, anything, anything. Just anything that makes sense right. to it. Yeah. Oh, no, don't tell your husband. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Um, I just ran the numbers about the teapot. About which? Yeah. It's one tablespoon, two and a half cups. Ti- okay, tipabishi. One and a half cups to make up for the one tablespoon itself. Oh, in terms of measurement. Okay, good. Good, good. One sixtieth. Okay, very good. Very, very good. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so yes. I just looked up on Instacart. Doro garlic has something added. Ah, ah, there we go. Thank you. Oh, we don't buy the chopped onions. I don't have to take credit for it. No, but I don't know if they add. It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if they add anything. Could you search? No, just kidding. I heard it's called. Uh, where do they sell those? Also, just like seven miles. That's, like, that's just like, okay. All right. Uh, this is like, it, like seven miles, does it? Or it's, no, it's like sold by... No, no, it's a, but it's, a, it's, a it's one of these kosher brand, Jewish brands. Okay. 
So I'd be curious to know if they add something. Okay, I don't know. Get, get like, um, what they call it? Seven mile does add something? You get stir-fried mixes um, that have onions. I get the onions. Interesting. 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 So I wonder if these companies add like a drop of salt to it. So I'm like, okay. All right. I don't know. What, what, let's, let's, one, one important halacha that comes out of this, although it's not mentioned over here, but we did discuss it because it's a very important and very relevant. Remember, we discussed there's two issues with the knife that come up. One is the, 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 how far it gets into it. The other is the concern that it might be a little bit dirty, right? Those are two issues that come up. So one very relevant question people ask all the time, is buying things from a market where they're chopping fruit or chopping vegetables. Can a person go ahead and buy fresh items um, that, you know, fresh watermelon, fresh, uh, I don't know, whatever, 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 whatever fruit or vegetables you want to buy in a, in a store, in a supermarket, are you allowed to buy? So the bottom line consensus of the post game is that, again, there's two concerns. One is, let's say this knife was just used for trafe. Uh, you know, and then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to chop with my, uh, you know, chop the, the fruit or chop the vegetables. So um, in a scenario where they're, where they're chopping a lot of things, right? Chopping a lot of things. So you have two factors over here uh, that are playing a role. First of all, um, let's say it, it was an issue. Um, it would really only transfer a little bit, right? Really only transfer a little bit. Um, and then second of all, you could assume that even if it was dirty, um, it gets cleaned with some time. And therefore you have like this mix of fruits. You don't know which ones were problematic, which ones weren't problematic. So the bottom line halacha, the bottom line halacha is that aside from sharp fruit and vegetables with fruit, um, you know, maybe a lemon is, is going to be the only fruit that we would say is according to everyone is really sharp. Most Pokemon are actually leaning about pineapples, uh, but a lemon would be, uh, you know, would say it's certainly a sharp food, but uh, vegetables like radishes and onions and sharp peppers, but not your, you know, you're not the quote unquote, I don't think so. No, Pokemon will talk about that. It's not, it's, it's like, I don't know. Doesn't, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but otherwise, if you're buying it from a supermarket, you would be allowed to eat these things because even if there was some, even if there was some substance and even if there was some flavor of the transfers, we assume as it continues, as you continue down the process, um, it's not going to be problematic. And, we tip, and honestly, we assume that they have a designated knife that's used for fruit or vegetables and therefore this whole thing's not really an issue. Buying it from a mom and pop's shop, you know, buying it from a little store, you go to a, a restaurant and they're going to cut fruit and vegetables, it's not as clear that they cut it up. So if you're going to a restaurant and you say, well, I want to get vegetables, um, you can get a vegetable that's not cut right? Uh, but once it's cut, then you have to be concerned in a small place. It's, do they necessarily have a designated thing or the chef went ahead and cut some whatever shrimp. And then they went ahead and they cut your, your, your peppers, right? So is that necessarily allowed? Uh, Halacha Lamaisa, we, we, we basically say we do not use such vegetables. But again, if it was used, uh, if you're buying from a supermarket, if you're traveling, whatever it is, you want to go to, to Giants or whatever it is and buy a bowl of, of cut melon, that's 100% fine. Okay. I highly doubt in the restaurant it could be, but uh, I'm not sure, but like, yeah. Yeah, but they could clean it and then use the same knife. If they clean it, then use the same knife. I don't know. Yeah, but they clean it, but then you still have a concern. It was, it's a trafe knife. So it's, uh, generally speaking, in a private place, in a, in a smaller place, we do not do so, but in a large place... Ah, that's all. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 100%. So we're talking about melons and things like that, but yes. Yeah, but your melon, you know, the, 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 I don't know, all the melons and things like that. Correct, correct, correct. So then we, then we run into issue, which we're going to review soon about the, the, about the insects. But assuming insects are not an issue, uh, from a Buster Bechalov issue or Treif issue, that's not going to be a problem. Okay. I've been on a cruise, mm-hmm. a regular cruise, where you order your kosher, uh-huh. but we bring a knife and a cutting board. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, ideally, because it's a smaller kitchen. That's the right thing. That's the ideal thing to do. Yeah. 
It's worth the stairs. Enjoy. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, fine. Let's one one more halacha. Let's just turn to page one sixty seven. Um, this is from Rikiva Eger. Rikiva Eger is one of the major poskim um, who wrote commentary. Uh, who wrote uh, you know commentary in the Gemara on, on the Shulchan Aruch. He writes on page one sixty seven, source thirty eight. daiti near Lomar. According to my humble opinion, it seems to to be afilu bishlu chometz decharif bekaara shel basar deimo mishum anat barnat. Okay, so a person goes ahead. Um, that, and then they go ahead and they cook vinegar, meaning a sharp item, in a meat pot, even a, 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 a meat pot that was used that day. You're allowed to eat cheese afterwards. What he's addressing is, okay, so far we've been talking about eating it together with, right? So I have my, sharp, my onion and I want to eat it together with, you know, uh, my fleshig onion together, together with dairy. But let's say I went ahead and I had a potato kugel that was made with a fleshig knife and cooked in a fleshig pot. Right? So I had a delicious piece of potato kugel for Kiddush here in Shul. And then I come home and I want to have some ice cream. Okay? Am I allowed to do so? Do I have to wait five hours, six hours, whatever it is? Kiviyagur Paschal is the way we rule. I would say normative halacha is that no, you don't have to wait in between. It's just that you cannot eat it with. You cannot mix it together. But in terms of making you fleshig or making you milchig on the flip side, it would not do so. Again, so as strict as we are about these items and saying even eno ben yomo and even uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera, it does not change your personal status it just changes the food status. Okay? Good summary? We feel ready? Good. The next set of halachas are easy, easy peasy. We're just going to review like blood and, uh, and the fish and, and, the, and the insects. Uh, we'll simplify the insect review and we'll be ready for our test. Okay.